What's up, guys? This is episode two of Cards with Cats. I'm going over nine tips to help any new med students on day one in med school. And I recently gave this talk to a bunch of first year, uh, first semester, first day med students at my alma mater, Ross University in the Caribbean. And I'm just going to adapt this a little bit to not just Caribbean med students, but any type of med student who might be able to benefit from this. And tip number one, I'm going to go right off the bat, is just a huge congrats to you. If you got into med school and you got to this point, you know, uh, I think this is something that as you go through your career and something that I have to do a little bit more of and that we all do a little bit at each stage uh, is going back and just thinking that how hard you worked to get to this point. You know, as a pre-med, you're probably think you probably were thinking, man, I can't wait till I start med school. And then when you're in med school, you're going to say, I can't wait to get into residency and it keeps going. And uh, even as a cardiology fellow, uh, you know, about to start my last, my third year of my fellowship, you know, it's, it's crazy to think back about how hard you have to work to get to each stage. And just as you go along in your career, just think back about how far you've come. And, you know, it, it really is an awesome accomplishment that you got this far already. Piece number two is resilience. Um, you know, I used to kind of audibly roll my eyes when my old program director from residency would talk about resilience and he would kind of say, you know, well, yeah, the ACGME says you have to work 80 hours, max 80 hours per week, but that also means you can work hundred week one and 60 week two. And half jokingly, he'd be like, yeah, you're welcome for all of the work. And maybe I have a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. Um, because we worked so much and I grew to end up appreciating how hard you work in residency, because the more you see, the more the knowledge you gain, the more experience you have moving forward. And each piece of, you know, um, specific to Caribbean students, you know, they go through so many extra challenges uh, to get their residency position. And I think that part of the challenges in med school not just for Caribbeans, but for any med student, is to try to think of each of these challenges that you go through as not just a, a challenge, but building your own resilience, building your character. And it's hard to see that, you know, in the moment, but it will make you kind of stronger moving forward. Uh, and I think the, that brings me to point number three is that in med school, it's really easy to kind of lose yourself in med school to kind of forget that you had hobbies. You know, I even forget, you know, I had a weekend off recently and I was just like, what can I, what do I enjoy doing? What are those people keep talking about them? Who, 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 hoobies? I think I'm no hob hobbies, hobbies. That's what it, my point being that it's really easy to eat, sleep and breathe med school and not think about anything else. And don't get me wrong. You've got to prioritize med school. That that's obvious, but just don't forget that there's life outside of the classroom that, uh, you, you know, you got to try to uh, build that balance. Uh, I, I think early on in my med school career, I was terrified of failing. So all I did, you know, my first semester was eat, breathe and sleep uh, uh, medicine. But then even so, when I was trying to relax, you know, it's easy for me because I went to a Caribbean med school, I would just take a walk on the beach. But I, I you know, started running and, and found natural, healthy outlets for stress. Um, and that led me to uh, make sure that I kind of cleared my head a little bit and made sure I, that I didn't lose myself in medicine. Because I think it's really easy to kind of lose your whole um, personality into medicine and that that be 
who you are, kind of like an athlete who loses their legs and doesn't know anything else. You know, if you're a doctor your whole life and that's all that you are, you know, eventually if you lose medicine or you're not able to practice, you know, you lose yourself. And I think as a med student, we sometimes do that a little bit as well, or at least I did for a moment my first semester. And that kind of brings me to my fourth point, which is you got to surround yourself with positivity. You know, I think your environment and who you hang out with shapes you so much, um, not just growing up, but in medicine. And in med school, you, your time is limited. You're going to have a lot of restrictions. You're not going to, you're, I, I missed a lot of birthdays, celebrations, bar mitzvahs, weddings, and, uh, family anniversaries, and important things. You know, you have to say no a lot. And pri again, prioritize medicine. No one else is going to say, oh, are you sure you should be coming to this uh, birthday party? Don't you have a test? That's going to be you in the back of your head. And, you know, sometimes you do feel guilty going and enjoying yourself and enjoying a hobby outside of medicine uh, when, when you kind of, as every med student probably feels that little bit of like, oh, I should really be studying right now. So kind of combining my last point is uh, that, you know, you can't lose yourself in medicine when you aren't studying and you're doing something that you enjoy outside of it, let yourself enjoy it. And when you are back in medicine and you're with your colleagues or co you know, other students, residents, fellows, whatever stage you're at, you got to surround yourself with positivity and people that bring out the best in you. And I used to say this for my Caribbean students, because we are all on a physical island, but you can't lose yourself on a, an island in med school. You know, you got to find your med school family and find those people that will be, help be your support system and people that will help you thrive long-term. And, and to bring that back, it's you, you got to remember who helped you get to this point and don't forget them. You know, your friends and family from home, whether it's your spouse, best friends, uh, siblings, spouse, whoever, grandparents, whoever it may be that helps support you. You know, we didn't do this alone. We didn't get to med school and, and move forward in medicine on our, by ourselves. So you can't forget that support system that helps get you to this point. You have to kind of make time to reach out to them and make sure that they are still an active part in your life. Um, now, I think those were a lot of philosophical points. And just to give you guys one real uh, applicable point, number five is you got to learn for long-term retention. I didn't learn how to study for med school until I got into med school. And that's, that's simply because I didn't realize that I was studying wrong all this time. Uh, in undergrad, I would learn it for the test and purge it, you know, learn it for the test, purge it. But you can't do that in med school because everything builds on it. You know, you got to learn the physiology to learn the pathophysiology. And you have to remember it because it's going to be on your final. It's going to be on step one. It's going to be on step two. Eventually, it's also going to be in your clinicals. You got to know how the medicine works. And then in clinicals, you're going to have to use that and apply the knowledge after learning the guidelines of how it's used. And then eventually that knowledge gets more and more cemented, the more and more patients that you see. So the best uh, piece of advice that I have for learning long for long-term retention is to be wise with your time and how you study. So when you make a study product, don't just take notes. Your notes should also be a study product so that you don't have to take notes and then also make note cards or a, a way for you to study that information. So what I like to do is make two big columns of my notes so that I can at least cover up a phrase and then regurgitate that information and try to see if I remember it. 
I loved using a small whiteboard. Sometimes I would get a huge whiteboard or reserve a room. You have to active, be actively studying. So create a good study product. That study product can be your notes, but it should be all in one. So you don't have to make your notes and then also make a study product. Number two is that you got to be actively studying. So if it's a, if it's, you know, the biochemical outline of, of chemicals, you got to draw that out again and again and again. If it's a process, you know, draw it out. That's how, that's what works for me. And you got to figure out what works for you. Um, you know, I was, a, a, and the last kind of piece that brings that all together is that um, the, it might be a little corny, but the phrase see one, do one, teach one to me is, is the pinnacle of, of, do you understand this information? Cause if you can teach something to someone, then you really understand it. You know, I was a, I was a gross anatomy TA in um, med school and I loved it because it helped me study anatomy without having to just sit down and study it. Cause I would, you know, I was going to be teaching it to some first semester, second semester students, cause that's how our, our school ran. And everyone knows if your teacher doesn't know what they're talking about, or if your tutor doesn't know what they're talking about. So it helped me cement all of my information and really showed me stuff that I thought I knew that I really didn't and really showed uh, and, and helped me keep that information at the back of my uh, fingertips for the next stage of my uh, step exams. Um, and, you know, I, I touched on the fact that you have to use your time wisely uh, when you come to making study products. You know, I would have four hours of lecture and then I would use four hours to make a study product slash, um, you know, take notes. And then I would go back later on in the day to study them. And I would have to take a break eventually because you can't do this for free. You can't study for hours on end. I mean, we do it, but, you know, you've got to take breaks. And that brings me to point number seven, which is that nobody has time. You got to make time. And that has to do with exercising, taking care of yourself, taking care of your own physical and mental health. It's never going to get easier. You're never going to have more time as a resident. Uh, let me tell you, you will have, you will not have more time when you get into residency. And same thing with fellowship. Fellowship it gets better, but worse. It gets better. It's it's an improvement, but they expect more. It's it's the same but different. And as an attending, I anticipate we're not going to have more time when you're when it's finally kind of on your shoulders to take care of the patients 100%. So you have to try to get into the habit of taking care of your own health, exercising, eating right. You know, you got to take care of yourself so you take care of the other people and you got to make time to exercise. Um, and, and that has to do with anything. If you want to have a priority, if you want to have a hobby, you know, you can make time for things that you care about and nobody's going to have extra time in the day to exercise. And whether it's 20 minutes on the treadmill, whatever it may be, it's the right time while you're in med medical school to get in those habits. Some people have been exercising their whole lives. And I know some, some of my classmates started exercising for the first time consistently in med school. And I think it's a good philosophy to practice what you preach. Uh, and that also helps you understand when a patient says like, how am I supposed to be exercising? I work two jobs or whatever it may be. If, if you can't do it, how do you expect some, to, to be telling someone else how to improve their health? And that leads me to point number eight is that medical training never gets any easier. You just get stronger each step of the way. You know, it brings me back to that resilience point that every single time I look back at each stage that I progress, I kind of wonder to myself, like, I wouldn't have been able to do fellowship if I hadn't gone through a residency, you know, not just the knowledge, but the work ethic and who you are. And I think that Every intern after intern year looks back at the first month and they're like, damn, 
that was hard, but you learn so much. And I, you know, I think that each challenge that you, ha- you take, you get better. Um, but just know that anyone who says that med school, oh, it's not that bad. You're going to have so much fun. They're, they're lying to you. They should see a gastroenterologist because they're full of it because med school is freaking hard, but you got to take it, take uh, every day as it comes and just trust the process. Trust that you are good enough that you have gotten into med school. You work your backside off to get to this point that you'll figure it out and you're going to get stronger. The process doesn't get the, the, the school doesn't get any easier and the training doesn't get any easier, but you certainly get better. And that brings me back to my last point. Number nine, which brings it kind of all together is that med school is a full-time job. You have to treat it as such. Uh, eventually it will be your career, but for now, you know, studying is your full-time job and the long-term goal is not just getting an A, but it's getting a residency position. And that's, that's the goal is becoming a doctor. Um, you know, you have to make med school a priority. Uh, no one else is going to do that for you. And it is a, a full-time job seven days a week and you got to take it seriously. Otherwise it's going to kick your butt. Um, you know, I think in, in my alma mater, they used to say that, uh, you know, you, anyone can eat five pancakes a day. I mean, you probably shouldn't, but, but the analogy is you're going to get, you know, however many hours of lectures every single day. And you have to do those lectures every single day and take notes on them and study them. Because if you put off one pancake for tomorrow, well, you got five pancakes for the next day and that one from the day prior, and it can easily get away from you. So you got to stay ahead of things and stay on top of it. Cause, uh, if you don't, it's going to be really hard to get out of that rut. Um, only last little tidbits is, uh, you know, there are a lot of different resources and study uh, resources. I have a lot on my blog for step one and step two and things that I like to use. Things like first aid, which is like the Bible for med students, USMLE, UWorld. That's uh, obviously you should use that for uh, your dedicated step studying Kaplan questions. I like to use kind of during the year to use myself to quiz myself, um, and find gaps in my knowledge. And I also like Picmonic, but, uh, that's not for everyone. You got to find what works for you. And I think the last piece of advice, um, I guess I'm going over my initial nine tip, nine tips, but nine a is you got to li- make sure you know who you're getting your advice from. You know, I clearly am like a, a, you know, you should listen to everything I say because I'm, I'm, I'm me. Um, but I'll joking aside that, you know, it's a, you have to make sure that if you're getting advice on how to study uh, biochem and the person you're getting advice from was a biochemist in another life, maybe don't take everything they say. So, so uh, wholeheartedly take it with a grain of salt. Um, and then just watch out with going on uh, student doctor net too much because you'll get lost in there. Anyway, uh, I think that's it for my nine top tips for uh, new med students. Again, congrats on getting to this point. Work hard. Trust the process. You guys are good enough and smart enough and you're going to succeed. Good luck.